Welcome to the Ill Shift for Teens podcast, a show where I team up with a thought leader and we discuss a new topic question that will help you better understand your teens. I'm your host, Mark Tucker, co-author of O Shift for Teens and its accompanying workshop kit and curriculum. This super easy to facilitate, life-changing material is being used by folks just like you throughout the United States and beyond. Head to OShift.com and choose one of the many ways you can become involved in this worldwide movement. Well, welcome again to the show. I'm so glad that you can join me on this journey that we're all on to raise healthy, happy teenagers that are making good decisions and not playing the victim role. Um, so glad to have you here. We've got a great episode for you as I speak to Stephanie Bean, um, talking about the subject of how do we get our teens to take more responsibility. Wouldn't that be nice if we already knew that? But Stephanie has great information and resources for you to go become a better parent, a better teen advocate. Before we get to that, I want to let you know that um, I've been talking on the show from time to time about a camp that myself and my partner, uh, Keith Senzer out of New York, is putting on in Northeast Pennsylvania at the end of August. Um, we have our early bird special for those of you that have been thinking about sending your 14 to 16-year-old to the camp. The early bird special ends at the end of June, so you're going to want to get on it really quick because um, that is about to happen. So um, if you haven't already signed your uh, student up, your young person up for that camp, do so quick or contact me quickly. If you're having trouble making that deadline, you can email me at mark at oshift.com and um, tell me what's going on and we can figure it out together because the point is we want our teens to be the leaders of their own lives, to make better decisions uh, and to um, not play the victim role. And that's what it's going to be all about at this camp. I'm excited about it, excited about being there with Keith and uh, your teens as well. So check it out. If you have a group of teens that you'd like to send, well, email me that information as well. All right, well, let's get to this conversation that I had with Stephanie just a while ago. You're going to like it and uh, get a pen and a paper because she's got lots of tips for you. All right, here we go. My guest today is Stephanie Bean. Stephanie Bean is a licensed psychotherapist specializing in children of all ages. She's the co-author of Bully Prevention Tips for Teens, 18 Powerful Ways to Protect Yourself Through High School, which helps empower teens to make better decisions and become their best selves. Stephanie has taught parent effectiveness training for the past 25 years and runs leadership training programs that teach teens to run groups and mentor others from their schools or communities. Stephanie, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Mark? I'm excellent. It was nice talking. Stephanie and I, we, of course, talked a few minutes before uh, we started the recording. Stephanie, you are a listener. You're a psychotherapist, so you do a lot of listening. Exactly. Well, we're going to get you to talk today. Um, so excited to be talking to a West Coaster. You are, are you down in California? Yes, I am. I'm in Agoura Hills and Calabasas. It's interesting because I know that your book, you talk about bully prevention and bully prevention tips, which is, I think is a great topic. When I sent you a list of possible topics, you chose, how do I get my teens to be more responsible? And I love this topic because I think a lot of parents and adults that work with teens want to know the answer to that question. How do I get my teens to be more responsible? What led you to uh, choose that as a topic? Well, I have a psychotherapy practice, and I work with teens 
and children really as well. But I have parents that come in and they ask me that question, <laughs> you know, 80% yeah. of the time, that's the number one question because, yeah. you know, there's a lot of frustration, <clears throat> excuse me, there's power struggles that happen in parenting. And I like the fact that I work with the kids, but I also work with the parents in teaching them skills to have their families work smoother, have a more peaceful home life. Mm -hmm. I have taught the parent effectiveness training, PET, and there are skills that they make a lot of sense, but when we're in the middle of it, sometimes we don't think, um, yeah. you know, we react instead. Yeah, you kind so, of, I, I would imagine you kind of get yourself in ruts that just sort of, of reacting to things rather than being proactive. Exactly. And so, and I think that we aren't taught these skills. So I just feel so fortunate that I have these skills and I like to teach them and spread the word. Um, it's in my book even for the teens is how to communicate so that you can get your needs met. Yeah, it feels like, you know, parenting, God, it's such a complicated endeavor, right? It's just so complicated because you've got these relationships and a lot of folks don't realize that the, the teen brain is just rapidly changing and yet we go into it just crossing our fingers, you know, without having any sort of input. Do you, is that what you find with the parents you're talking to? Definitely. And I, I, it's a frustration. I feel like you need a license to drive. You know, here we are raising kids who are going to be our future and we there's no training or license for having you know being a parent it's a hard job right yeah and we, we have no idea and, and so what are the um you know you're talking you, you mentioned one of the things that you try to do for for folks is to create a more peaceful home life what what, what like what is that about i teach problem solving skills which is uh, a way that both parents and children can get their needs met. I think sometimes parents don't realize they have needs. You know, they're running the kid here, running the, the kid to soccer, but they have needs as well. And that's okay. It's good to acknowledge that you have needs as well. You may need help around the house. And this is valuable to both you as the parent and the child because they need to add value to their family to feel good about themselves. By using these problem-solving skills, just for example, there's many different tools, but uh, the six steps to problem-solving is uh, a six-step, very structured um, way of coming up with something that works for both the children and the parents. Yes, and you put them in, in now these six steps. That's part of the class, the parent effectiveness training class that you teach? Yes, it is. Um, yeah. Parent effectiveness training is internationally taught, so you can okay. find one in your area wherever you are. And can you get certified, or is it you're just saying there's somebody in psychotherapy that probably teaches it around you? I was certified 25 years ago, and there are people who you don't have to be a therapist, but you do have to go through the certification program to teach it. So on their website, uh, Gordon Training International, they have a list of different areas where you can find classes. But it's a wonderful program. It's about, you know, it's about communication and was designed by Dr. Thomas Gordon 
1962. So it's been around for quite a while. And he was up for three Nobel Peace Prizes for his work. You know, it's just, it's wonderful, wonderful way to communicate in a way that both people feel listened to. A lot of times in these conversations that I have with different experts, that it comes down to communication. You know, it comes down to how well are we communicating with each other? What barriers are between us and our teams to have effective communication? I mean, no matter what the, what the issue is, it's almost always that. So it's no surprise that that would be kind of the focus of that training. Yes, exactly. And it's wonderful. You know, like I said, we react more than really listening and understanding the other person. And that's where this miscommunication comes in. So we teach something called active listening. Active listening is a way of repeating back what you hear the other person saying. And we all want to be listened to, right? So our teens, you know, they want to be listened to. They don't feel like we in this generation understand them. Um, So this is a way of really, like, hearing them. So I teach about what to say, but I also teach about what not to say. We call those the roadblocks. It's also, like, the parent things that we do say, which is we advise kids. uh, We tell them what to do. We probe, asking a lot of questions. We praise. And these things, when the child's having a problem, they don't feel heard. You know, it's important to be conscious of what it is, the messages we're telling our teens. We want our teens to be responsible. But what happens is we, we come to them in a way of ordering them, warning them. These are all the roadblocks. I, I have a question about that. And, and one of the things that I find myself tending to do is, and this is me, you know, this, and I know this stuff, you know, but I want to always give my kid a lesson you know they bring a problem to me and I'm like oh my god you know they're coming to me with something and I'm like okay here I go and then so I want to make some sort of moral or lesson about it and um and I think a lot of adults we do that and we're really we're trying you know we're really trying to do the right thing but do the kids really need that like I almost feel like it ends the conversation the kid's like oh okay go ahead I was talking about you you go ahead and tell me your wonderful lesson you know what I mean right Well, that's exactly why those are called roadblocks, because they stop communication. And so what I teach parents, and this is, you know, when you hear it, you're going to say, wow, that's so easy, Um, which it is, but we, we, you know, go into the reactive mode. So if you can think, okay, when the child's having a problem, that's not when I'm going to use one of these roadblocks. I want to just open the door to communication. I want to hear yeah. them. I want them to feel heard. And a lot of times, by the way, they'll come to you with a problem, and that's not the real problem. And so if we listen, if we active listen, or I always say use, use silence if you're going to use a roadblock, and <clears throat> just hold your tongue, let them speak because what happens is we miss so much when we go into that moralizing. If we just listen, we can peel the layers of the onion to get to the core issue that they really are asking about right? or they really need help with. So our yeah. job is to guide them. And what happens is when we tell them what to do or we give them the lesson, we're enabling them 
to not have to think about problem solving, like how they right. can solve it. And these days I hear a lot about college students calling their parents. I just heard about this in my office last week. A college student and a mom were on the phone for three hours doing her homework. <laughs> so, you know, we're so used to telling our kids and they're so used to letting us tell them that we don't give them the opportunity to grow and to feel good about themselves. Well, and I think it gets convoluted whose responsibility it is for them to for, for their problems to be solved. And, you know, I, I, I can just think of an example of when I was in my son's parent teacher conference and the, the teacher started telling me about like where I could look up and find out his grades and, you know, I could follow. And I'm like, listen, I'm never going to do that. It's his responsibility to do that. You know, it's, and, and I, I was really emphasizing uh, to him who was there because my kids definitely come with me to parent teacher conference is this, this is not my job. This is your job. This is where you go. So I'm, I'm simply there to make sure that my kid has what he needs to do his best, but it's not me taking care of his problems. And I think that that's a role that, I, that a lot of parents get involved in, waking them up for school, um, yeah. you know, uh, reminding them, did you do your homework and all of these things. And it sort of gets, yeah. lets the kid off the hook for taking care of what, what's really their job. I've got my job. I've got, I've got plenty to do in my own job. That's right. their job, and and they can really rise right. to the rise to the occasion if we trust them. So what you're talking about is like, as parents, where we just like silence or asking open-ended questions. It's like, well, tell me more about that, and trusting yeah. that that they have the answers within themselves to to navigate through that and and be supportive of when when you need to be. Right, and this is how we teach kids, going back to our topic, is this is yeah. how we teach our kids to be responsible, is to give them these opportunities to solve their problems so that they grow into these more self-sufficient young adults. Isn't there a sense of accomplishment when they're able to take care of themselves? And I think a lot of us are denying our kids that sense of accomplishment of doing it themselves if we hold this standard high and the expectations high the kid has something that they may not like in the moment maybe it's a, maybe it's a chore or it's it's it is yeah. getting their, themselves ready for school whatever it is um doing well in school uh when they do accomplish it they did it by themselves and that is so important for the human experience to be able to have those accomplishments that's what sets us apart from other people that we can feel proud of what we've accomplished, not what mom's accomplished or dad. Exactly. And this is where our kids get their self-esteem, which is an issue that, you know, I painfully see in my office is so many kids with, these, with low self-esteem. So we want to give them these responsibilities and help them to solve the problems on their own by us not stepping in and taking over um, so that they can feel good about themselves. So you're right, exactly. Yeah, very important. I, I remember reading that a long time ago, and I, I really took it into as, as I got into my own teaching practice years ago. It's like kids really don't mind when you set a high standard, have high expectations of them. As long as you give them the tools to accomplish it, um, they don't mind it. They don't, they're, not, they're not as resistant as we think they're going to be, especially if they're used to that kind of your uh, mode of operation, you know. 
No, I think that they want to help us and they feel good about it. They feel good about adding value to the family. We do. We, you know, I always say to my kids, you know, we, we work as a team. Uh, you know, we live here in this home and we work together to build our home. And, um, you know, they all, both my kids, I have two daughters. Um, one just went off to college, but she's 20, and I have a 15-year-old. And, you know, we take turns doing things, whether it be cooking or cleaning, um, and then they have their jobs, I have my job, and, uh, you know, it feels good to be working together. Right. They feel good about it. I feel good about it. I don't get resentful. I think that's what happens a lot of times with parents. They get frustrated and resentful. And the kids feel this. And they feel bad. So we want, you know, to turn things around where they can meet our, our expectations. Right. Uh, Stephanie, now you, you said your, your daughter just headed off to her first year of college. Uh, do you feel like the way that you approach your practice and the teaching that you do, did it influence how you feel about your daughter going off on her own? You know, it's funny, just going back, you know, so my daughter's 20, and I've been teaching this for 25 years. So I started teaching this even before I had children. And, you know, it made perfect sense, and I went in and I taught it, and I remember this one dad once said, you just wait until you have kids. <laughs> and he was so right. Um, because, you know, when we have kids, then we have emotions that go with um, having kids. You know, this, uh, all the PET, parent effectiveness training, is very logical and the skills, but it's hard to use. And so here I am 25 years later, I still struggle myself and do roadblocks. But it has helped me in so many situations uh, with my kids. And I think it was very helpful in encouraging my daughter to launch and be on her own. And I had to bite my tongue and use that silence (laughs) quite a bit. Um, You know, letting her make some of her own decisions that I might not have even agreed with. But she needs to, to learn. And there's a great book out there. It's called Blessing of a Skin Knee. And I, I think there's something to that. You know, our kids, it, it's painful for us parents to see our kids suffer, but this is all part of life, you know. It's okay. Yeah. They'll get through it. Right. Yeah, yeah. and that comes up sometimes. And, and I assume that that's what that book, Blessing of the Skin Knee, is about. It's, a, it's letting our kids fail and experience the failure. And like you said, it's tough to, when you're in that parent role, I get it. It's, I mean, I like to do things for my kids just because I like it. I just feel good about it. It's part of uh, parenting today for many people is to do everything for our kids and, you know, pick up right. after them and just do things. And I, and I get it because I, I like it. I, it. It makes me, it, it gives me a, a sense of identity in a way. Well, I'm a father, so I, you know, I do all these things. But I think it's a remembering that you may be denying your children yeah. really basic uh, skills and uh, self-esteem, like you talked about, um, that they're going to need when they go out on their own. I mean, my goodness, no, but none of us want our kids to go off on their own and be uh, just not have the development that they need to be successful adults. Of course, that's not what we want, and we may be the ones that are the ones denying them. I mean, I can remember saying to my son, gosh, I've got four years 
between now and the time that you are done in high school to you've got to learn how to cook for yourself you've got to learn how to do your own laundry you've got to learn how to be responsible and to manage money I, that's that's really my my i can't deny my kid that it, the, that training almost like a, an apprenticeship so that when it's time for them to go out on their own the more skills they have the better they're going to succeed but it's hard i mean it, it, it is hard as a parent to to do that you you have to you have to almost try i think i think our parents it was a different thing you know they're just like oh, go on you know beat it kid i think <laughs> this day and age we almost have you know the pendulum has really swung to the other side and we have to like yeah. be purposeful about not over uh, smothering our kids and doing everything for them Right. The helicopter parenting. That's the new term, yeah. you know, and, right. and it's true. And, and like you said, we feel good about doing these things. And we're also denying our child of the opportunity to, you know, feel good about themselves, to learn these skills, to become independent, responsible young adults. You know, I think we parents have a tough job of just, you know, holding back, uh, letting our kids fall, but being there to, you know, give them a hand doesn't yeah. mean telling them what to do, but just, you know, talking it through. So now this parent effectiveness training sounds like something that it should just be like, a, like a, an entry-level class for all parents. What are we looking at? How much time is it going to take and, and to, to go through this sure. program? All right. Well, there's two. Op- there's a couple options. One of them is there's a book out there. It's called Parent Effectiveness Training by Dr. Thomas Gordon. Um, or there are classes. The classes I like the classes better myself, just because they're very interactive, and you get to um, learn the skills, go home, try them, come back, talk about what worked, talk about what didn't work. I do a lot of experiential, so people are role-playing with one another, you know, taking the child's role, taking the parent's role. Um, So parents can go on uh, Gordon International, I think it's gordontraining.com, and they can look for a list of different classes. The classes are eight weeks long. It's a wonderful program, wonderful, well worth the time. Like once a week? Yeah, once a week. Okay. So you so you'll take a class. I'm sure there's kind of homework where you get to sort of practice some of the new skills that you learn. You come back, you sort of have a chance to sort of debrief and get some new learning for next week. Exactly, exactly. It's a wonderful program. And then I do graduate graduate programs. So after you've graduated, you know it's very hard to continue doing the skills. Um, so we meet once a month to just as a refresher to stay on track. That's so key, I mean, to be able to have some follow-up to see how we're doing to be able to check in. Uh, Stephanie, um, do you do anything, like, if I was to look and I couldn't find anything local and I'd rather take the class or I'd rather have some consulting than than reading a book, do you do over the phone, any of that sort of thing? Uh, Yeah, I, I do that with the parenting. Yeah, I Are, teach it privately. There are some parents who, you know, aren't able to commit to eight weeks, you know, at the time that I offer the class maybe, so I've done it privately as well. So, yeah, there are many options. Great. It just sounds like such a such a helpful, hands-on thing that, I, you know, I just find so many parents, 
they come up to me and they're struggling. They just don't know what to do. And of course, it's nice to be able to refer them to a book, but something like this, a class, it's just right. always, it's been my experience that it's, it's so valuable. So tell, tell my listeners how they can find out more about you, what you have going on, Stephanie. You can go to my website at stephaniebean.com, and that's spelled S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-B-I-E-N, Dot com, or I have that book, Bully Prevention Tips for Teens. This is a great book for the teen, and a lot of the skills that we've talked about, I talk about in the book for the teens, um, because I think that if they learn those skills now of communication and listening and problem solving, that they'll be better apt to do that when they get into college. Right, and can they find your book at your site? They can find it at my site, or they can go on uh, Amazon or Barnes & Noble and order it online. Perfect. You know, and to my listeners, if you're not reading a book every once in a while, if you're not, well, listening to this podcast, if you're not reaching out to uh, professionals like Stephanie, um, but you've got teens in your home, you know, I mean, you're just, oh, boy, it's a dangerous combination. I, I really suggest that people reach out. Use the support that is out there. Um, I just listening to you, Stephanie. That uh, th- th- this is based on better communication. I just don't see a downside. I think it's going to help you folks um, in your communication with your teens, with your spouses, with your bosses. I mean, there's never a downside to be, being more effective communicators. Absolutely, I think it plays a part in every role we have. Stephanie, so great talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Oh, thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed All right. it. Well, I tell you, one of my favorite things about doing this show is that I have topic experts on so many different topics that are so willing to share resources and make themselves available to you. So if you... Um, one thing that you can do is actually look through the list of shows. If you don't watch every one, which is or listen to every one, which is fine, go through the menu and listen to the ones that make the most sense to you. And as you do, uh, at the end, there's always some sort of resources or way that you can get a hold of them so that they can help you further. Because I tell you, it's a journey. Being a parent of a teen is a journey. Being a youth advocate is a journey. It's not something that we innately know how to do. It's a complicated time in these uh, young people's lives. Uh, They don't even know what's going on sometimes, and I don't see how we would ever be expected to know on our own. But the good news is there's been a lot of research, a lot of people doing the good work that know how things work. Because when you boil it down, teens are kind of standard. I mean, the way they function... uh, researchers have got kind of got it figured out. So um, don't go it alone. Get some of these resources. Figure out how you can get help. So glad you can join me again this week. Hey, listen, if you're thinking of becoming a, a facilitator of O-Shift uh, Workshop Kit or O-Shift for Teens Workshop Kit, uh, it's easy to do and it's inexpensive. Head to oshift.com and go to the Find or, or Become a Facilitator tab and you can find out how easy, easy it is. And if you end up with questions at the end or if you have any questions that you'd like to communicate with me, well, it's easy to do. I don't hide my email. It's mark at oshift.com. That's M-A-R-K at oshift.com. Uh, send me an email and uh, send me your questions, and I'm glad to help. 
Thanks again for joining me. I look forward to uh, seeing you all again in just two weeks. All right. Till then, bye-bye.